Welcome to The Basement Astrologers, coming to you live from the middle of the Middle West in beautiful, above-average St. Paul, Minnesota, and here in the wonderful Pacific Northwest in beautiful Puyallup, Washington. It is 11.9.18 at 11.07 a.m. Pacific Coast Time. With me is Meredith. Hello. From Earthling Astrology. And I'm Kip from Udomania Astrology. And we're here to row this boat. So Meredith, it's been two weeks. And yesterday, Sagittarius welcomed its favorite guest, Jupiter, back home. How do you Yay. feel? I, um, I feel good. I'm excited. I sent out an email blast about that. Hopefully a change of vibration is coming. Uh, we'll see what Jupiter has in store for us for the next year. I did my very first astrological magic session. Um, I have uh, the book that was edited by Mr. Austin Coppock called The Celestial Art. And there was some Jupiterian magic in there. And I was like, you know, is it, let's check the planetary hours. Um, because I knew Jupiter was entering Sagittarius um, on its day. So Thursday, Thursday, Jupiter's day. And it turned out that right at like one o'clock, um, I'm not, I might boogie that a little bit, but the moon was conjunct Jupiter, which is one way to do planetary magic, especially star magic is to get the moon conjunct that star. And it was going to be Jupiter's day. And it was going to be Jupiter's hour for like nine more minutes. <laughs> so I set cool. up a little, so, uh, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Tell me more about that. Uh, what is this, uh, magic? Is it a ritual or a meditation? Well, I kind of cobbled it? some things together. Yeah. I got into the right headspace and I put out, um, the right kind of smells that Jupiter likes in my case. I believe it was pine resin and uh, juniper berry, although frankincense incense is also recommended. Um, I put out a little mat and put some Jupiter stuff out, some tin, um, some of the glyphs I have written, Jupiter glyphs. Um, just asked for Jupiter's uh, bounty. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool stuff. I don't want to break it down too far and lead people astray. It's my first uh, my first ritual. There's all kinds of great astro magic books that are way more knowledgeable than me. Um, I basically just lit a candle and asked the big guy for some help. Um, but it was fun. It was cool. That's awesome. You'll be proud of me. I did a Scorpio new moon ceremony. You know, we had that awesome new moon a couple days ago, and I bought Jan Spiller's uh, new moon astrology book, which I really enjoyed. I like the way she writes. It's Even if you don't know a lot of astrology, you can pick up one of her books, and it's pretty easy to read. So I did a whole meditation, a whole ceremony, a whole, uh, you know, asking Scorpio to help me eliminate some stuff. And I felt pretty fucking awesome the next day so uh, there's got to be something to it you'll you'll be proud of me because you're the new moon guy and i did a new moon yeah. thing and i th this capricorn's trying to make friends with the with the moon uh astronomically astrologically spiritually and emotionally so i'll update on my progress with that as we keep recording these pods i uh yeah i also for the new moon of course that's my deal but i, I bought my first tarot deck so i'm very excited about oh, that. i'm so proud of you i have like six of them we'll have to you'll have to share notes once you start drawing cards for yourself and other people if you decide <laughs> to do that i just let's let's uh, let me just kind of integrate myself into tarot before i start branching out to looking at it for other people but i'm i'm excited to get it uh, i had a friend tell me about it um so we will uh we'll see how that goes so we have well, a great... what, can i just oh, stop you one before we jump in just at the end of readings that you do mm -hmm. just draw a card with the client and it's really kind of awesome that the card usually kind of wraps up the session and the themes of the session show up in the card or cards. You know, what I was thinking was sometimes I have people after they warm up a bit, ask me like a hyper specific question that I can sort of um, look at the chart, their chart, look at progressions, et cetera, and kind of get a feel for what's going on. But answering a specific question is really an orary deal. And um, I don't always feel like doing an orary in the middle of a session, especially with my level of skill with orary, is appropriate. And so I thought maybe if I get proficient enough with the cards, of course, I could just get that proficient with orary too. That'll probably be the next class I take. Um, but I feel like if I get proficient enough with the cards, at least I have a tool um, to sort of tap into exactly what's happening at that moment and, and try to help them with that question more than just the so general. Like, more like a yes, no question. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been using uh, pendulums for that in oh, the cool. readings as well. Well, one 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 form of divination at a time. I, think. <laughs> I know. I'm all Gemini about it. Like everything, let's do it all. I, I'm cool with doing it all. I just uh, I like to be somewhat proficient. You've had more experience than me. All right, so we have a cool uh, podcast plan today. We are going to break away from the solar from the astro weather. Uh, Meredith and I did 
some pre-gaming uh, politics talk. We decided to give that a rest. We are going to break down the Peanuts characters. We're going to do it based on the Zodiac signs. Uh, we just found out when we signed up that we're both doing the signs of the Zodiac. We thought we were doing uh, different things, uh, but that's fun. So we'll do some comparing and contrasting. I want to point out that if you go to www.peanuts.com um, forward slash characters forward slash, or just go to peanuts.com and you can click on characters, you'll see there's actually a great um, chart on there um, that's all clickable with Charlie Brown in the middle and all, um, I think it's nine other characters around it with Woodstock circling Snoopy. Um, and you can click on each one. We included um, all 10 characters on this chart and and Woodstock, so 11. And then we use the redheaded girl too. If you don't know what I'm talking about, immediately go out and uh, rent Charlie Brown, The Great Pumpkin, or um, what, if you're a uh, Christian and you celebrate Christmas, um, there's a fantastic Charlie Brown Christmas special. Um, do that immediately. What are you doing? Why don't you know who peanuts are? Um, get on, uh, get get culturally uh, fluent, huh? Is that a good enough introduction, Meredith? Yeah, and I mean, the penis was written by Charles Schultz, which is he's a, a Minnesotan, so we grew up knowing about the penis. I'm sure everybody in Minnesota did too. Oh, for sure, yeah. And they even had um, the Snoopies all throughout St. <clears throat> Paul. Remember the like big statues. I do. So yeah, I'm excited about this episode. We did something similar in episode five, one of our early shows with the Princess Bride, except we did the planets and the nodes. And this time we're going with the signs. So we'll see what happens. I'm kind are, of your, are your levels spiking a little bit? We're doing some behind the scenes here quick because you're, you're, when you uh, seem to get loud, it seems a little sharp. Uh, no, I am not spiking. So all okay. good on my end. Must be my headphones. All right, so we're going to get going. We're just going to start with Aries and go through Pisces. Um, obviously, I use the traditional rulership, so you'll hear uh, Meredith and I maybe squabble a little bit over that. But um, but it also helps you get a feel if you're still learning and like to compare and contrast even uh, the planets we uh, talk about ruling the signs. Um, this will be a good time for you. Also, if you disagree, if we miss something spectacularly, please send us an email or put it on the Facebook page. We'd love start a dialogue about it. All right, I'll For go sure. first, unless you want to go first. No, you go first. All right, so what we're going to do is I'm going to click, I'm going to read the name of the sign, and then I'm going to read who I put as the character that represents that sign, and then I'm going to read the blurb from the, actually the Peanuts website about it. They're really short, but just so if you don't know who it is or you need a refresher, um, you, you get an idea. So Aries, Peppermint Patty. So Peppermint Patty is a fearless born leader and a natural athlete. Peppermint Patty is up to any challenge except study. She never met a school day she didn't hate, but this tough girl has a soft side too. She's hopelessly in love with her pal, Charlie Chuck Brown, who has no idea. For Peppermint Patty, sports are easy. It's life that's hard. Um, all right, so Peppermint Patty, Aries. Aries is a cardinal or um, leadership sign, cardinal seasons start off new things. They're go, go, go. Aries is a male sign. Um, in other words, yawn or outward forcing energy. And Aries is a fire sign, burning hot, and it's ruled by Mars. So what I like about Aries and Peppermint Patty is that Aries ain't got no chill. And Peppermint Patty is always, always moving. Um, so we, And then we have that male or yawn outward forcing energy, which is super apparent. Peppermint Patty is always up in everybody's business. She's always fiery with a burst of suggestions and activities. I don't think we're supposed to say bossy anymore, but I think back in the day, we would have called Peppermint Patty a little bit bossy. Sometimes she even will poke Charlie Brown in the chest and tell him what he needs to do. She's also got that cardinal energy. She's, she is a leader. If you go back to my favorite Charlie Brown episode, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown, which is when they went to camp. You remember this one? And they all um, built the rafts and rafted down the river in a race. You remember that? No, I don't. I'm sad. I don't remember any of my Charlie Brown childhood cartoons except for the Great Pumpkin. That <laughs> so, one will always stand out. So in that one, the boys and the girls split up and Peppermint Patty was in charge of the girls team. Um, and she's really, um, another way to look at it is, is she has a best friend, Marcy, and she's also the driving force behind that relationship. She's the one that's always 
out front taking the lead. So Peppermint Patty Aries, what you got? I also had Peppermint Patty Yay. for Aries. I think also she is has red hair. Um, yeah, does that's she true. Have red, yeah, you know, you know, ruled by Mars. You got you got the color red on her. So that was kind of a slam dunk. I figured you might pick her for Aries as well. I thought she just embodies the Aries energy pretty, pretty 100% on that. So, yay, we agree on something. Yeah, the red hair is good. Um, do you have this pulled up or do you want me to keep reading the introductions? I am so paranoid to touch anything on my computer. So please, <laughs> please read the uh, uh, little blurbs they have about each character because I'm not going to touch a thing. The one uh, issue with that is that if we have different characters, what I'll do is I'll read them both. And then we'll just see if it, we'll we'll only read each character once. How's that? That sounds fair. OK, so the next is Taurus and I have Schroeder. All right, let's really? read Schroeder. Yep. Okay, this so, one's going to be a little debate. Great. So Schroeder is a, this is his blurb. This mini musical genius is rarely separated from his toy piano or his idol Beethoven, except when he's calling a game as a reliable catcher on Charlie Brown's baseball team. The rest of the time is spent fending off unwanted advances from the bane of his existence, Lucy. So since you pick someone different, I will do my introduction of why I think it's Schroeder first. And then you introduce your person. I'll read that blurb. Does that sound good? Uh, yeah, I, I, I get the I get why you picked it because of the attachment uh, to his piano. But yeah, OK, go, 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 go. This is All good. right. So Taurus is a fixed male or female. Sorry. So inward focusing energy fixed, meaning held in place. Earth sign. So earthy touching, tangible, ruled by Venus. Schroeder is quiet and does not like to be disturbed. He's also very Venusian. He makes beautiful music, taking those Venusian traits of beauty and desire and making them fixed into something we can sense, beautiful music. And he is desired by Sally, but is constantly rebuffing her advances, seemingly because he doesn't want her to mess up his routine. Schroeder is also Charlie Brown's catcher, this might be a preview of Schroeder's sign and Charlie Brown's ruling planet interacting because Charlie Brown's ruling planet might really like to be in Schroeder's sign of Taurus. Well, uh, you keep talking about Charlie Brown, and that's who I picked for Taurus. Oh, yeah, this right. was kind of a tough one, but do you want to read the blurb yeah, about Charlie? Blurb. Okay. Chuck, here we go. Charlie Brown, the main character. Good old Charlie Brown is the lovable loser in a zigzag t-shirt. The kid who never gives up, even though he almost never wins. He manages the world's worst baseball team, yet shows up for every game. He can't muster the courage to talk to the little red-haired girl, yet keeps hoping. Even though he gets grief from his friends, his kite-eating tree, even his own dog, Charlie Brown remains the stalwart hero. You know, I picked him because, I mean, this is a tough one, but he never gives up. Tauruses, you know, are a fixed sign, like Ooh, you said. Mm -hmm. uh, even though he loses every game, it's like, okay, let's keep doing it. They, they just, they don't stop. You know, they'll, they'll see it to completion. And Charlie, uh, he's shy, too, a little bit more introverted. Uh, his dad's a barber. So I was like, oh, that's Taurus, Taurus Earth energy. And I think uh, Charlie's a little bit slow to respond, which Tauruses can be. So that's why I picked Charlie. Um, another thing I really like about um, Schroeder with Taurus, and you brought up the music. Um, first of all, he's the only person that owns something really nice, and Taurus, fixed earth energy, likes nice things, his piano being the nice thing. But also Stephen Forrest loves to talk about Taurus being the sign that's most relatable to music, that Taurus is really at home with music. Um, so I thought that worked with, with Schroeder too. Gotcha. Yeah, I actually disagree with Steve and Forrest a little bit. I, I associate Gemini with music with Venus and Taurus, <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. It's up for debate. Um, I would, we should have him on the podcast. You can debate Steve and Forrest on what he thinks about Taurus. That'd be the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> it would be let's, good. Let's send him an email. Um, I really like where I put Chuck. Um, we'll, we're not quite there yet. All right. Number two or number three. Three. Gemini. And for Gemini, I have Sally. Yep, I do too. Hey! All right. Woo. I thought this was one of the easiest ones. Yeah. All right. Sally, Charlie Brown's little sister, believes the world owes her an explanation. Why does she have to go to school? Why doesn't 
Linus, her sweet baboo, love her. And what's the capital of Venezuela? Sally is always on the hunt for answers. And when she doesn't get them, she comes up with a whole new philosophy. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> there's another little blurb about Sally that I'm going to get to at the end of my discussion. But the, there's little did you know factettes about Sally. And her little factette was that Sally experienced amblyopia, lazy eye, and wore an eye patch. And I thought that actually fit in with this description. So since we both picked Sally, why don't you go first? I mean, I picked her probably the same reasons you did. She's always on a hunt for answers. Uh, the Gemini energy is always asking why. That's what, you know, that's how I associate Gemini's. And that's totally Sally. She's always asking questions. And that's just the curiosity of the Gemini energy. Yeah, and she's kind of a pest. And uh, you think of pests and you think of tricksters and you think of that Mercury energy. So one thing I really liked about that, just to build on that, is that... Um, she doesn't even seem to care what the answer is. And it even says at the end, her attitude of who cares. Like, she just wants the information. Like, she doesn't really, she doesn't really well, yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. They're an air sign, so they can be, you know, detached um, from whatever the answer is. They just want to, they want to know the facts just to know the facts. There's no emotional attachment to what that fact is. It's just what is it? It's just straight uh, information. Um, the other thing that I thought was really neat about this <clears throat> is that, as a Gemini, Sally is ruled by Mercury. And Mercury also represents Odin. So, so Odin is like the magician version of Mercury. And Sally wore an eye patch for part of the Peanut series. And she was missing an eye just like Odin. She was Odin in the series. Oh, interesting. I thought you might bring that up. I couldn't do anything with her eye patch, but that makes sense. Yeah. Mercury, Odin. All right. Yep. This is one of my favorite ones. Um, this was a tough one. So for we're me. at cancer. Yeah. Um, so since we, uh, who do you have for this? I have Marcy. All right. I'm going to read Marcy and I'm going to let you describe it and then I'll do mine. Okay. I mean, this is, I struggle with this one, so I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Marcy. So Marcy is Peppermint Patty's sidekick. So Peppermint Patty's best friend, loyal follower, and complete opposite. Marcy is the smart one of the duo. Even if she doesn't know uh, the difference between baseball and hockey, she's horrible at sports, but terrific at friendship, especially with Charlie Brown, whom she calls Charles, and Peppermint Patty, who she calls Sir. Marcy is very polite. If you, uh, if you picture Marcy in your head, she has kind of the black bob haircut and the glasses. Yeah, and Cancer is the mother energy of the Zodiac, and I was trying to think of who's the mom in this group. I don't know. I, I struggle with this one, but Marcy's not all about sports, and there was a dual. Like, Cancer's another dual sign. Uh, it's a give and take and equal kind of relationship. And who was her best friend? I can't remember who you said. Pepper and Patty. Okay, so and they're complete opposites. Um, and even the glyph for uh, cancer is going in opposite directions. And also when she calls people Charles and sir, I just thought of, you know, mom's telling you to be polite. That's all I got for cancer. That's all I <laughs> all could right. come up with. So this is my favorite one. I picked Charlie Brown for cancer. Really? So cancer is a cardinal. So driving forward energy leader, feminine. So inward focusing energy, water sign. So emotional and it's ruled by the moon. Uh, as a cardinal side, cancer is a leader. However, one that leads through growth and nurturing instead of conquest like Aries. Chuck is definitely the leader of the Peanuts characters, and he's always trying to give everyone what they need, almost to a fault. He's always trying to make everyone happy. As a feminine or yin sign, um, the cancer depicts that inward focusing energy, and as a water sign or an emotional base sign, um, it, like, it hits Char Charlie perfect. So Charlie Brown has tons of inward-directed emotional energy. A lot of the comic strip and a lot of the cartoons is just Charlie Brown processing his emotional responses to what's going on around him. And we talked about Schroeder being Taurus, or at least I did. Now, the moon is exalted in Taurus. The moon loves to be in Taurus, and Schroeder is Charlie Brown's catcher. Now, finally, the traditional uh, representation of the moon it was people's appearance, and Charlie Brown's head looks almost exactly like a large full moon. Like he even looks like the moon. Yeah, you know, you're always throwing these curveballs to me with the moon and 
I totally get it. You did it the same thing with Princess Bride. <laughs> it's like uh, with the moon stuff with Fred Savage. I was like, ah, oh, I never even thought of that. I kind of originally thought of Charlie Brown, but I just I still don't see him as the mom of the group or the leader. He's just the main character, but I wouldn't call him. I, I don't know. I still wouldn't put him in cancer, but I like what you had to say. Oh, that's funny because he's the captain of the baseball team and he's the pitcher and he's the guy that goes and buys the tree. He's the guy that finds the pumpkin when they're going on the raft race, he's the captain of the raft team. I mean, I think he's totally the leader, but not like the the gung-ho, rouse him up leader. But that's good. That's why we're yeah. doing this so we can disagree a little. All right. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have the same answer for this one. Um, we better. So this is Leo. Um, and I'll let I'll let you go first. Who'd you pick? I picked Snoopy. Yay! Yeah. Um, so Leo is fixed fire. Uh, I picked Snoopy because he's the most famous peanut, I would say even more famous than Charlie Brown. I mean, he's the most recognized, probably peanut character in the world. Would you agree? Or would you think Charlie is? I think Snoopy is more famous than Charlie. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Snoopy's always like, look at me. He's highly creative. He's confident. Um, and like I said, he's the most famous and Leo's love to be famous. Totally. And I, I, uh, so I'm going to read my little blurb, but I we're way on the same page. So Leo has a reputation for demanding attention. Now, Snoopy doesn't do that necessarily in the comics, right? So we're, we're like agreeing with this on a textual level. But because um, he doesn't really even seem to like anyone except for Charlie Brown. He tolerates Woodstock. But Snoopy demands attention in the text. You know, he often goes on his own parallel adventures when he is the Red Baron or he... Um, marches along to his own drummer. Um, in addition, in true solar fashion, Snoopy's the only character um, who has like another character orbiting him. Like Woodstock's like a planet orbiting oh, around true. Snoopy. Um, and wh- wherever Snoopy is, Woodstock's not far away. I actually forgot to read. I was so excited. I forgot to read the snippet. I'll, I'll read Snoopy's snippet quick. Uh, but <laughs> I okay. think most people know who Snoopy is. The wildly imaginative, supremely confident, world-famous Beagle is a canine master of disguise. As Joe Cool, he's aloof, unflappable, above the fray, the hip dog we'd all like to be. As the World War I flying ace, he engages in aerial combat with the notorious Red Baron while pondering life from the top of his doghouse. He writes the great American novel, travels to the moon, and plots revenge against the cat next door. <laughs> so I think I think yep. we uh, yeah, Aries is a pretty much a slam dunk there. All right, we got the next one. Now we have Virgo. Uh, Virgo. Who, who'd you pick for Virgo? We're gonna disagree on this one because I have Schroeder. Okay, let me. Uh, well, we read Schroeder already, right? We did. Yeah. Um, okay, and, why'd you pick Schroeder? You know, he's he's the piano guy who's always trying to perfect his craft he oh, has an idol wow. that he's trying to get to a goal to reach he's always probably critical of his performance so that's why i threw him in the virgo box he's just always trying to get the details of his piano plane down maybe maybe shoulders a virgo moon um so just to point <laughs> out when we were when we we're talking about these i didn't i was planning to preface this i don't think of this necessarily except for maybe aries and and uh, leo as these being necessarily their sun sign but definitely like their rising sign or or a deep indicator in their charts where there's a lot of this energy going on and they're identifiable as the character. I don't really like the idea of identifying people by just their sun sign. Um, with Aries, the, the sun's exalted in Aries. So oftentimes you get a little extra dose of that being related to their sun. And the same with Leo, that's um, the sun's home sign. Um, with the Virgo, I picked Marcy. So... Okay, yeah. Virgo is mutable, female, so mutable, double-bodied, very changeable and adaptable, female, inward-focusing energy, and earth, so tactile and sensual. As a Virgo, I don't love depicting Marcy because Marcy is kind of that classic secretary role to Patty, uh, to Peppermint Patty's CEO, um, and that's kind of a subtle, a subtle derogatory look at Virgo. However... There isn't a well-rounded Virgo archetype in the group, and Mercy is definitely very mutable. She adapts to whatever Peppermint Patty throws at her, and she's also pretty earthy. Um, you know, she's she 
is uh, the one who is uh, who's remembering to bring stuff along while Peppermint Patty charges forward. She's super mercurial, and she displays her intelligence often. She's one of the cleverer characters. Um, as, and if Peppermint Patty is airy, saying it's easier to apologize than to ask permission, charging ahead, Mercy's a little more worried, a little more focused on details. She calls Charles um, Sir, and uh, or she calls Peppermint Patty Sir, and she calls Charlie Brown Charles. Very proper, using words specifically. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, I might like that better than putting her in cancer. I like, again, I struggle, always struggle with the moon and the cancer, but it's completely possible we have the same characters now for the next six signs. So we'll see what happens. We could, but that's fun. That means we're, that means yeah. it's, uh, those archetypes are really alive. All right, Libra. Um, I picked for Libra Franklin. Yep, Would me you... too. Hey, all right, so let's read Franklin first. Yeah. So Charlie Brown's quiet friend, and confident, Franklin might be the only one who has never said an unkind word. At school, Franklin sits one seat ahead of Peppermint Patty, which makes his school days that much more unbearable. All right, do you want to talk about Franklin? Your why you pick Franklin? I just pick Franklin because he doesn't ever say anything bad about Charlie Brown. <laughs> so that's so sweet and Libra of him. I don't actually know. If too much about Franklin or some of these other characters, but he seems like he kind of brings um, a balance to the group, and he's quiet. Um, seems a little bit more air sign, like intellectual in his head, but that's all I could come up with for for Libra, for the Peanuts characters. The other reason I really like this was because Libra and Aries are opposite signs in the Zodiac, and mm -hmm. Mars is at home in Aries and in exile in Libra. Well, Venus is at home in Libra and in exile in Aries, and it specifically says that Franklin's annoyed by Peppermint Patty and Peppermint Patty's Aries. So I thought it was perfect. They're kind of like polar opposite characters. They kind of get in each other's nerves. Yeah. And then I have Charlie and Taurus, uh, which would make Franklin uh, love Charlie if you said, what did you say about Venus? And yeah. Okay. So Venus well, rules they're both Venus. Libra. Yeah, both. yeah. Okay. Got it. I was trying to make sense when I'm talking, and sometimes it doesn't work. All right. Now we've got Scorpio. So who'd you pick for Scorpio? I have Pigpen. Oh, we didn't get all the same. Oh, and wait, what? Okay, read. Well, let's talk about Scorpio. So Scorpio is um, intense, chaotic energy. It's um, mysterious, can be secretive. And uh, do you want to read about Pigpen? Read about him, because yeah, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll explain Pigpen. why I picked him. Okay, perfect. I'm glad we didn't get the same ones. That makes it more fun. Yeah. So Pigpen, happily traveling in his own private dust storm. Pigpen is completely comfortable in his own dust-streaked skin. Despite his outward appearance, he always carries himself with dignity, knowing full well that he has affixed to him the dust of countless ages. Yeah, so I picked Scorpio because there's always a storm around Pigpen. Oh. And it's chaotic, and no one quite knows why. <laughs> He's always dirty, <laughs> but he carries himself really well. He's like, I'm fine. And Scorpios have a very rich, complicated, and deep inner world, but they carry themselves very well, you know, like Pigpen does. So that's why I picked Pigpen. I still like mine better, but I really liked your okay, description. Okay, who do you have? I, I did not. I yeah, didn't who, come anywhere. So I picked the redheaded girl. So the redheaded girl oh. is the girl that Charlie Brown is infatuated with, but uh, won't talk to. Uh, so Scorpio is fixed, so held in place, female, inward focusing energy, and it's a water sign, so emotional. And it's ruled by Mars. So again, you have the redhead, redhead. We got another redhead. So Scorpio is often used to signify hidden things and mysteries. And the redheaded girl is the object of Charlie Brown's desire. But she is like the number one mystery in Peanuts. Like she shows up just for a minute and Charlie Brown is obsessed with her and then she goes away. She doesn't really interact with other characters. Also, I actually don't think she's in the comic at all. There was one drawing. I read it on Wikipedia that there's one drawing, official drawing by Charles Schultz of her, but it never made it into the comics. Oh, so it's so very just mysterious. the cartoons. Yeah. Um, so, so finally, um, Scorpio is often discussed as being related to sex, and traditionally it rules the sex organs. 
And if there is anything in the entire Peanuts series, the comics or the cartoons, that relates to carnal desires in, in this whole text, it's Charlie Dude, Brown's reaction to kid. the redheaded girl. <laughs> what? Kid family. A... This is kids and family. <laughs> but, uh, carnal but there's desires this cute redheaded girl that like, Charlie Brown <laughs> desires and he like doesn't know what to do about it. It's like an internal that's, mystery. That's an innocent crush, not carnal desire. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we are at Sagittarius. Who'd you pick for Sagittarius? I am wondering if we picked all the fire signs the same. I have Linus. Yay! Linus. All right, let me pull Linus so I can read it. Um, Here it comes. Linus, the beloved, the benevolent, blanket-clutching philosopher, always has a kind word for everyone, even his bossy older sister, Lucy. While he's often the voice of reason in the neighborhood, Linus also believes firmly in the great pumpkin, and he suffers more than most or uh, when people or pumpkins let him down. So I, I actually struggled with Linus. There's another place I wanted to put him, but I found, I, I decided this was definitely it. So why don't you tell us why you picked Linus? Yeah, did you just go, because, well, he's the philosopher and Sagittarians, uh, Sagittarius rules philosophy and, you know, a belief system, a religion, and his belief is so strong in the great pumpkin. It's yeah. just unbreakable. I mean, on the negative vibration of Sagittarian, you have like cult leaders. Um, and if the great <laughs> pumpkin was a cult leader, Linus would be the first one to sign up, right? Um, so that's, and he's, I mean, even the little description of him was he's benevolent. Uh, that's just Sagittarian, Jupiterian stuff. Is that kind of what, how you went to Linus with, with Sagittarius as well? So quick. So Sagittarius is mutable, so flexible, mm -hmm. male, outward forcing it, uh, focusing energy, and a fire sign ruled by Jupiter. Um, so you're right. I totally, with the philosopher, Jupiter, big ideas, philosophy, um, Sagittarius, totally connected to those concepts. But also the idea of mutable or adaptable sign, Linus has his blanket. And his blanket is comfortable and mutable and it changes into whatever he needs. So like he could turn it into a hammock or it can be like a, a hat for his head. I mean, he can do anything with it. It's totally the most mutable thing in the whole series. Um, and yeah, the, the final thing is that Sinus, uh, Sagittarius is linked to religion and to faith. And it talks about the big pumpkin, but also Linus gives that magical speech during the christmas episode where he talks about the manger and uh and baby jesus so i thought it worked perfect oh i don't remember that cartoon but i'm sure i watched it when i was a kid all right well we got another i think that this for sure is going to be the i think we're going to match up on two of the next three but i think this one capricorn we're going to for sure get the same that's my prediction yeah yeah so i'm well, gonna say lucy. right lucy totally <laughs> That's what um, I was when I was a kid. I was Lucy. <laughs> so known around the neighborhood and by her little brother Linus for being the crabby and bossy, Lucy can often be found dispensing advice from her five cent psychiatrist booth, yanking away Linus's security blanket or humiliating Charlie Brown. Lucy's only weakness, her unrequited love for the piano playing Schroeder. All right, so I'll, I'll do Lucy quick. So Lucy, <clears throat> Capricorn, it's a cardinal sign. So again, that leadership quality, female, inward focusing energy, and earth, so tactile, something you can touch. And Capricorn's ruled by Saturn, the Time Lord, <clears throat> discipline. Lucy is definitely a Saturnian figure. She's always putting up barriers to Charlie Brown and constantly acting as his foil, holding the football, then pulling it away when Chuck tries to kick it. And Capricorn also signifies solidity and work-oriented people and lucy's the only character with a job she is a psychiatrist <laughs> even talks about it and finally <clears throat> capricorn is the opposite sign of cancer <clears throat> and the moon which rules charlie brown because i put charlie brown as a cancer is an exile in lucy's sign so they're natural enemies cancer and capricorn oh yeah nope that's good so i also um put her as capricorn because well she's the boss and capricorn's like you know, to control things and other people. And she certainly does that. And Capricorns can make life difficult for themselves and sometimes other people. And Lucy's always, like you said, putting up walls and making things a little bit more difficult. But she's very ambitious. If you read more about her, she has ambitions to be president. And Capricorns like to climb the ladder to the top. And she definitely has aspirations to get there. 
<clears throat> that's cool president lucy yeah i don't know if she ever made it we, we don't know we'll never find out all right i have it so we we definitely got aquarius different because you picked my aquarius i picked pig pen for aquarius what'd you pick for aquarius woodstock oh Woodstock. so we have the last <laughs> two are different all right um so you want to go first and then i'll do the last one first um i don't uh, oh we haven't read i gotta read woodstock hold on yeah so, so, and we can describe Aquarius too, a fixed air sign. Um, yeah, you can, okay, go ahead and read Woodstock. So Woodstock is a little yellow bird that, that uh, follows um, Snoopy around. So Woodstock is the fluttering, sometimes sputtering little yellow bird and, and Snoopy's sidekick. Whether it's as fanciful mechanic to the World War I flying ace, stalwart secretary to the head beagle, or root beer drinking buddy, Chirping in language only Snoopy understands. Woodstock and his feathered friends are never far from Snoopy's doghouse. Yeah, so I, I struggle with this one in Cancer the most, but I picked Woodstock because first his name is Woodstock. And that reminds oh, yeah. me of very Aquarian kind of like gypsies, boho, like Woodstock, right? And he's a little eccentric. And Aquarius is the most, you know, unusual and it can be eccentric sign of the Zodiac. They march to the beat of their own drum. They don't really, um, I mean, he's, he's following Snoopy around, but he's always the observer. Like Aquarius's are the observers are an air sign. So that's why I picked Woodstock. But again, I, I struggle with this one a little bit. I thought I was going to, but I think Pigpen nails it. And for a bunch of the reasons you just described. So Aquarius, fixed male, outward focusing energy and air intellectual and it's ruled by Saturn. So Aquarius is often considered the rebel of the Zodiac, doing their own thing the way they think it should be done. They follow the rules, but they follow their rules. And I think this is Pigpen to a T. He's messy. That's just the way he is. He doesn't like he and he's not doing it to impress anyone else or disgust anyone else. He's just a mess. Um, and he's he's Saturnian because he still has that dignity and manner about him. Um, he's he's completely held together. Um even though, you know, he, he's got a trail of dust. And I also loved the phrase in the snippet, dust of countless ages. Like, what a Saturnian <laughs> phrase, dust of countless ages. Just age and old and sturdy things that don't go anywhere. So I thought Pigpen was a good Aquarius. Yeah, but that's really pretty good. We actually idea. put, um, oh, Woodstock. Uh, we both picked Pigpen as a fixed sign. So that's interesting. Uh, but I still Makes like sense. him in Scorpio. All right, the last right. one, Pisces. We're going to disagree on this one, too. We we have to. Um, yeah. So I picked Woodstock, the little yellow bird. And Pisces is mutable, so flexible, female, inward-focused energy, and a water sign, emotional. And Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. Now, Woodstock is very mutable. He goes with the flow, building a nest wherever Snoopy decides to lead them. Pisces is also often signifying mysticism. And I feel like Woodstock's devotion to Snoopy is almost religious in nature. Um, like he, he just Snoopy's where he goes and he, and whatever Snoopy does, Woodstock doesn't ask any questions. He just goes along with it. Um, and didn't you say Woodstock speaks in his own language, like speaking in tongues? <laughs> no one can understand. Oh, that's a, that's a good one. I like that. Um, but I, I do address Woodstock's talking. So if there's any character in Peanuts 2 that's Zen, like just completely living in the moment and doing their own thing to do their own thing in completely in their own uh, realm. That's totally Woodstock. Woodstock is like one beat off of everyone else just going his own way. And finally, traditionally Pisces was considered a mute sign and Woodstock doesn't talk. Oh, well, that's why I picked the red-haired girl for Pisces. One of the reasons. Oh, hey, good. Um, yeah. Because she's unseen. I think of Pisces as kind of the other side of the veil, non-physical reality. And the fact that we never see her in the comics, she's never physical. So that's why I picked the red-haired mm. girl. And also the symbol for Pisces is the fish swimming in separate directions. And Charlie Brown is always kind of swimming towards her, yet she's always quite out of reach and swimming the other direction. So I picked Pisces... Are the red-haired girl for Pisces. That's fun. I, I like that. I like the swimming opposite directions uh, with with Chuck specifically. Yeah, and she's a symbol of, of love. I think as um, oh. you know, all Pisces is you know love is the only thing in the universe kind of 
mentality. So that's why I went with her as well. And Venus is exalted in Pisces. Um, so like love is exalted in the... <laughs> no, I, I like that. I, I actually thought about the red-headed girl with Pisces, but I thought she fit Scorpio really, really well too. Um, okay, so that's the Peanuts characters. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. We like doing fun stuff like that. We're, we've got other stuff like that planned. But now Meredith has a mystery chart she's going to bring up. So we've been doing this at the end of every episode. One of us brings a chart or two and we describe it to the other person. And then um, that person tries to figure out who this is. So hopefully it's someone in the zeitgeist who a lot of people know about. Meredith and I, if you listen to the podcast, have completely different interests in a lot of realms. So we've been we've been Trixie Hobbit with each other just a tiny bit. Um, but we'll see if I can figure this one out. Well, dude, I'm about to get really weird and blow your mind because this isn't a person this isn't a, is an event oh and okay. i mind i don't blown. even know if you want yeah if you know what this is before i tell you i owe you so many beers it's kind of a it's a very meredith topic so let me I will give you the them. date <laughs> and you can pull up the chart and if like i said i'll maybe just have to tell you what it is but let's go for it so the date is august 15th 1977 okay just august 15th 1977 this is like uh, just months after I was born, or like, this is one month and one day after I was born. Okay, well, maybe you'll be into this and want to study it more. And the time, which took me about an hour or two <laughs> doing some research to confirm this, is 11.16 p.m. in Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. And okay. I would love for you not to use whole sign, but I know you will, because you, that's where you go. There's some other cool stuff I found if you... I'm using a Placidus with this chart. Um, okay, so this, so this isn't happened even, this is an 11, event. 16, or 8, 16, 1977, 1.16 a.m., did you say? 11.16 p.m. Oh, p.m. Well, that's In important. Columbus, Ohio. And it'll have a, should you, you should have a three-degree Taurus rising. Let me know when you got it. Like I said, this so is an 8, event. 16, 1977. I don't know why you keep saying 816. 78, that... 78. Did you say 77? I said 77. Okay. Well, uh, what was oh, the date? Eight... Okay, August 15th, 1977. 15th. That's what's going on. I don't know what's going 8, on. 815. Oh, that's okay. Got it. Has Mercury retrograde yet? <laughs> um, well, okay. it's in his shadow firmly. So <laughs> yeah. 815, 1977 and 116 yeah. p.m. 1116 p.m. God, what's wrong with me? I'm just so focused on there we go now i got taurus rising <laughs> all right columbus ohio <laughs> you told me that otherwise this would have been a complete mess <laughs> my listening skills are poor today well this is a mystery so it's a mystery why we can't get on the same page of the time but so this is an event um i'm about to get weird this is my kind of x-files type stuff uh this is an event that lasted 72 seconds so that number is kind of cool can you think of any uh, anything in astrology that 72 means anything? Isn't that the number of years that it takes a fixed star to move one degree? Yeah, like the, uh, isn't it the wobble? Um, yeah, oh, the, uh, yeah, the, so the uh, procession of the equinox. Right. So I wanted to do this hoping I could find something in this chart since it's such an unusual occurrence and I don't know if it's happened since. But this, I'll just tell you what it is. It is the wow signal. Do you know what that is? No. It's so like we got radiation of, from the sky. Yeah. So we got a possible message from deep space towards the constellation of Sagittarius that lasted 72 seconds, picked up by radio astronomers. Nobody was in the office that day, but when they came in the next morning, uh, they were analyzing the data and somebody circled the signal and put wow exclamation point next to it. So that's why it's called the wow signal. So I was like, you know what would be fun? Let me try and find the time, which I did find online by the the astronomer or engineer, whoever it was that actually, you know, went through the data and found the signal. And I found the time. And this is the chart for that exact moment when this strange, mysterious signal from the galaxy came in to Earth and was picked up by our telescopes. Or not telescopes, uh, radio telescopes. Uh, uh, I can't talk right now. What are they called? <laughs> um, yeah. So radio, what I... Radio, yeah, radio telescopes. That's right. Right. Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So... You like whole signs, so you're looking at a bunch of zeros, but do you see any zeros in this chart that is pretty cool? I don't think I've ever read a chart yet where I had an exact aspect at zero degrees. And we have Uranus sextiling the moon exactly, which is kind of cool. 
I'm like, I think of Uranus as very alien. And if you, you can think of the moon as soul. So there's a communication there uh, in the chart with those two energies. <laughs> it's in, and the moon's in uh, Virgo, so she's going to analyze it. Yeah. So I want you to like chime in because this is a very weirdo Meredith thing. Um, and we got Uranus on the descendant, and that symbolizes, you know, incoming energy. Also, um, the galactic center is thought to be at 27 degrees Sag, 26 or 27, right? And that is the cusp of my ninth house in Placidus, which is long distance travel. <laughs> so we uh, have yeah. a message at 27 degrees Sag, exactly at the ninth house cusp in the Placidus system. Um, Jupiter is opposite that point. Um, so Jupiter, I don't know what you could think of Jupiter with aliens. Can you tie in Jupiter with possible alien messages? Anyway, I don't know. The this greater is, uh, context of the galaxy. Yeah, someone's trying to tell us a story, perhaps. <laughs> They're sending us oh, a signal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, sending it from the galactic center to Jupiter. Yep. Um, you, let's see, Mercury is pretty close to exactly square Mars. So... Mercury being communication. Some feisty Mars. communication. Yeah, like, come on, listen to us. Can you hear us? We're going to get louder. I don't know. <laughs> we're going we're to argue <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have one in conjunct in the whole chart, 150 degrees, unless I'm wrong about that. But I had Juno 150 degrees from the south node. I don't, so, I don't use in conjunct much, but Venus is also in conjunct Neptune. Is she? By three degrees uh, or two degrees. Uh, yep. My uh, software is not calculating that one. Oh, what, what could that mean? But I just thought like South Node, things from the past, and Juno can symbolize partner, um, you know, a friend. There's a friend from our past maybe sending us a message, but we're not quite. The inconjunct is like you can't quite see it. It's not uh, incredibly obviously what, what, it, what it is. Like trying uh, to scratch an annoying little itch. Yeah. And then Venus is at the bendings. So I don't oh, yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And Venus is at the bottom of the chart. Maybe some love from home <laughs> if we're not from Earth. I don't know. I thought this was kind of a fun. I know it's not your jam. Yeah, I never would have but... got I mean, I never would have got the wow signal. But speaking of cool stuff in outer space, how about that cigar shaped thing that scientists legitimately describe as something that could be sent by aliens? I actually never post on Twitter, but I posted about that on Twitter about a week ago because, yeah, the projection of it was unlike any comet or anything they had observed in space, the way it was traveling and shooting around the sun. And it's not orbiting the sun, which I think they've proven and, and figured out. They don't know what it is. It's most likely a big rock. But I, you know, <laughs> being Meredith and love, have always loved aliens and have felt one, like one my whole life, totally wanted to be an alien probe or some kind of thing but who who knows like what what's your opinion what do you think it is or do you have nothing i i don't know that i thought about it that much there is too much going going on in the news i mean i guess the last like five years have been just constant news constantly um i didn't dig into it i thought it was neat that actual astrophysicists from completely legitimate institutions put as on the list of things it could definitely be as an alien probe I mean, they're like, we don't know what it is. It doesn't act like other stuff. It could be an alien probe. That's an option. That is cool because that kind of, um, I mean, I read space news more mm -hmm. than political news. So that's where we're going to differ on this show. <laughs> like I got all the apps for my space news. And I personally think Uranus is related to things alien. Um, and Uranus moving into kind of our home earthy sign of Taurus, I really hope we have some more alien stuff in the news and scientists actually talking about alien stuff like Roswell type stuff. We'll see what happens. But, you know, this is my kind of little pipe dream. Um, so anything else about my wow signal chart that stands out? I just wanted to do something weird because that's what I do. I mean, if anything, I don't know. I, I Nothing about this chart is super um, shocking to me. If anything, the fact that Venus is on the bendings and then she's also ruling the um, ascendant. Uh, Taurus um, just tells me that there's just a lot going on that has to do with the portals to the past and the future, and it's affecting what's happening in the um, in the present right now in the ascendant. Um, but that's kind of a stretch. Like I don't think I, I would have pulled that out of there if I didn't know what the event was. Um, 
So it's cool. I think it's cool to talk about. It's co- I love pulling charts for things like this. Um, well, I'm really bad, and I, I'm not really drawn to pulling charts for events. Oh, I I'm more. Totally int- I mean, a seventh house moon, so I'm so much more interested in people. So this is kind of practice for me <laughs> to look at events, and I have to do some kind of alien thing to <laughs> get the spark going in my own, you know, personal life to get the the events going. But yeah, I I don't know how to analyze a chart thinking of if it's not a person so this is just kind of practice for oh me. that'd be a fun we should do an episode on that yeah i mean i haven't made that transition so I, and again i'm not interested in it like charts for countries or corporations i mean i think you do more of that than i do you well, have a chart for our podcast yeah but, you know um but I, I don't know how to analyze that i my brain doesn't work quite like that i think it's also not being exposed to it so if you study traditional astrology that's where they come from first and they sort of like nativities are just part of it it's Mm -hmm. all sort of part and parcel but the symbols um like the moon being the native etc um that you understand where all of the symbolism fits i I think it makes the practice richer um but i do pay attention to culture and to history so just knowing what's going on in the greater cosmos fits in um well, that's fun. That's a fun chart because there's no way I ever would have brought that up. Yeah, uh, I only analyzed it for maybe 15 minutes. So I think I actually might sit down and hit the books on it to see oh. if I can find more stuff or maybe it's all there's nothing here. I don't know. I just love aliens. So well, I'll, if it's I'll not this chart. i <laughs> email blast. Yeah, I will find another alien. Uh, maybe like the Roswell crash or something. Find out when that happened and pull a chart for that. Then uh, I'll, you gotta. I'm gonna keep bringing aliens onto the, into the basement. We'll see. <laughs> if you bring an actual alien into the basement, then uh, that that will vault our podcast up. <laughs> I have a couple of fake ones. Yeah, I can take a picture. I don't know where they went. Uh, All right, well, um, that was fun. Yeah, are we? Uh, we're about an hour in. So are we good to wrap up? Or any last words? I think we're good. Uh, please, if you have a chance, uh, we'd really appreciate it if you downloaded the podcast and uh, and rated us. That always is helpful. Um, Thank you very much for listening, and I'll let Meredith sign us off. Yes, thank you, Kip. Thank you for listening. We'd like to thank July Fighter Band of Minneapolis for our opening and closing music. Please check out July Fighter on November 18th at Amsterdam in St. Paul. They're opening for Tantric. My 21-year-old self is very excited for that. Um, I thought we would say this episode is brought to you by Sagittarius. We are about to enter Sagittarius season and without one of our favorite Sagittarians, Charles Schultz, we would not have been able to bring you this episode today. And we encourage you to please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we always welcome emails from you and anyone you know about topics you'd like us to discuss. We can be reached at thebasementastrologers at gmail.com. Good night, Earthlings.